Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by Jeff Leak. He is president of the Connecticut Education Association, the state's largest teachers union. Good morning to you, sir. And good morning to you, Aaron. Well, the governor this past week announced a change of course in the COVID-19 vaccine rollout based on age going forward, with the exception of K-12 educators. Explain how this is going to work for school staff. We know that over the past few months, the greatest disruption of schools, the greatest disruption of kids being in classrooms has been the the virus, the quarantining that's been necessary, some folks who who have got the virus. So for us, this plan uh, of the governor's means that we can move forward uh, as best we can right now, not forgetting all the other protocols that are, need to be in place, but, but clearly this, la- this puts on a, a layer of comfortableness for teachers, but also all other school staff who regularly interact with our children in the, in the school day. Now, this is going to work with dedicated clinics for educators. Is that right? That is what we are are hoping for as much as possible that can be done. Uh, So in some school districts that are larger, uh, that might be a gym or something in in, right in the school district. Others that are smaller, this might be a more regionally based approach to say, you know, here's some days that you are able to get this virus. You don't have to call for an appointment. Here's the days, get there and and make sure that uh, uh, those of uh, our members who uh, want this Uh, are able to get it. Now, the week before, the governor said he was inclined to treat teachers like other essential workers. Did he give you a heads up that this change was going to be announced? We have been in contact with the governor's office. I did not speak directly with the governor, but with folks within the governor's office. And we have been trying to say, look, what, what we are hoping for here is a clear idea of when and how. And we thought that a plan to do this district by district would be the most efficient plan, would be the most the, the least disruptive uh, plan uh, for uh, our educators and the students in our schools. What are you hearing from some of your brethren in organized labor, maybe representing frontline workers at, at grocery stores and in other occupations whose members are feeling a little jilted now? 
we we hear them uh, and and we agree that uh, we should be getting out the vaccine to them as quickly as possible as well. Uh, please remember that uh, we thought we were all in one group and all we were asking uh, for was uh, wh when is that going to start and how are we going to be organized? Um, it was not part of any discussions that we had that anyone else would not be in the, in the uh, same con uh, considerations that they were before. Now, with the governor doing this, he's bucking CDC recommendations. Are, are you hearing from your counterparts in, in other states with, with some interest, seeing how this is going to turn out? Yes. So the news has just gotten out to some of our other state affiliates. But I would also uh, put into the conversation right now that in, in a number of other states, almost half of them, I believe, the uh, vaccination of educators had already begun uh, and that process was was underway. It was underway under you know the same process that everyone else uh, was doing. So this is unique and we think it's unique in terms of being quite favorable for again, our members, all school staff and, and the non-disruption of our school districts. Now, when the vaccines were rolled out at Connecticut nursing homes, a surprising number of workers there opted not to get vaccinated. What are you hearing from your membership? Is there a strong appetite among teachers to get vaccinated? Our latest uh, collection of information seems to indicate that between 80 and 90 percent of our of our members, I'm, I'm not sure about all the other unions, but our members are inclined to get the vaccine as soon as they are able. There is some reluctance for folks who have certain underlying conditions. Uh, we have advised them to make sure they discuss this with their doctors. And, 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 and for example, one of the teachers of the year who's in the ad did exactly that, talked with her, her doctor, found out that there was no problem with her receiving the vaccine. Uh, and so she will be uh, in line with, with the rest of her counterparts as well. You, you say this is not just for teachers, so that's an important point. We're also talking about paraeducators and administrators here. Is that right? Paraeducators, other school staff, including the bus driver and the and the custodian fa uh, folks, and also uh, the lunchroom folks. So, uh, yeah, we want to make sure that those who are coming in contact with what can be some uh, uh, children who are spreading the virus, even though they don't know, even though they don't even know they have it, uh, that clearly uh, that is something that uh, is going to be helpful for the entire school community. We are very uh, hopeful that that uh, brings a layer of of comfortableness to everyone. Regarding administrators, yes, those administrators who regularly walk in and out of a school building, working with teachers, working with kids and so forth, they should be able to get it as well. What we are hearing from uh, the governor's office and others uh, and Department of Health folks is that uh, folks who are not interacting with school kids might have to wait a little bit longer. Is vaccination the final major hurdle to uh, return to full in-person learning? Not, not according to the CDC. Um, so, uh, and, and I'm not trying to uh, indicate that we're not ready to move forward as quickly as possible here, but clearly from the CDC is the guidance of, gotta continue mask, masking, 
we need to pay attention to social distancing. In too many of our school buildings right now, uh, they have not figured out how to do a social distancing that has been uh, suggested by the CDC. We can work on that. Uh, we can do things to, to make sure that uh, there's not 27, 28 kids in a classroom right on top of one another. So we are looking forward to working with school districts in order to get that done. Are you hearing from some members that even after getting vaccinated, they are concerned, wary about returning to the classroom? I have not heard that concern as of today. And it should be noted that for teachers who have been teaching online since perhaps last March, in many cases, it's a lot more work. Oh, the stress level and the work level of our educators uh, uh, has been just incredible. And the thing that is the most problematic right now is this idea that somehow having students who are right in front of you in the classroom and then having 20 more students who are on a, a computer screen is a instructional method that works for either of those groups. It doesn't. It is creating great stress among teachers and students and we are going to uh, hopefully make sure that it doesn't continue into the next school year. Not sure what the rest of the school year uh, we can do, but clearly it cannot be the way that we move forward uh, next year. Are you pressing to maybe continue remote learning for the balance of this school year and then start fresh anew in the fall? Or would you like to see things having some semblance of normal by the end of this school year? some semblance of normal by the end of the school year for those populations that are comfortable with that. Many of our uh, teachers are already in their classrooms with at least some of their students, if not all of them. Uh, so that's already going on, uh, especially in the lower grades, in the elementary uh, preschool grades. Uh, but in addition to that, we wanna make sure that uh, everyone is comfortable uh, moving forward, which means in some cases that uh, there's reluctant parents uh, out there who are saying, I'm not sure about this. We have to do a little bit of an education program to talk about how uh, getting kids back connected with each other and connected with their educators is the most important thing we can do. There has been evolving information when it comes to COVID-19 in schools and how readily children can can spread the virus. What What is the latest information? What guidance are you working off of currently? We're, we're still working on the guidance that we have had for some time, which is that uh, especially the youngest children uh, can be asymptomatic, uh, but still quite uh, full of the virus and able to spread it. So again, we want to get back to the idea that this doesn't mean that we can stop wearing masks, although that has been happening in some of our school districts uh, as, as we move forward, uh, that we need to consider, still consider the social distancing aspect. Hopefully, school systems are taking a look at their HVAC systems and saying, what can we do to improve these? We found school districts across Connecticut that haven't uh, changed or done anything with their HVAC systems for 20 or 30 years. So th that has got to be an ongoing uh, situation that gets better and better as we move forward. So we are looking forward to doing all that. Obviously, it's still going to be important to do some random testing probably uh, as well. What sort of conversations are being had this time of year as cities and towns craft their budgets? You talk about 
upgrading HVAC systems, that's that's not cheap. Is that part of the conversation as, as budgets are built for the next fiscal year? It might be, uh, but we have been urging from last year, from last summer, uh, that um, the whole bonding uh, ability of the state of Connecticut uh, might be used to help districts uh, upgrade this. We understand that the Biden administration's uh, package going forward for schools uh, also includes funding for having uh, districts take a look at their HVAC systems and and using some money uh, to make improvements. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Jeff Leak, president of the Connecticut Education Association, the state's largest teachers union. There was some difference among the school districts about how they were handling teachers who had to, to quarantine and be out because of either having COVID-19 or having COVID exposure. Have recent actions by the governor helped to clarify that? Yes, Uh we did have a number of folks who uh, were very concerned about their ability to be in schools, uh, either with or without kids, uh, because of their own situations, their own health situations and safety considerations. So for us, this is, again, a, a just another step forward in returning to some normalcy. But but again, I'm going to emphasize we cannot think that we are going to return to schools the way they were last January. What I mean by that is the needs of our students are going to be very different. The social emotional aspect of what teachers, educators, paras do with kids has got to be emphasized. We've got to probably do some training of educators to make sure that they are dealing with these traumatized students as they return. Uh, So next school year, isn't going to look like January 2020, uh, but hopefully we'll have as many uh, students back in the classrooms as we can possibly get there. And I want to talk about that a little more in a second. But first, as as we you know approach Monday and the vaccine eligibility expanding to people 55 and older in Connecticut, regardless of your occupation, how many teachers would would apply for that? anyways because of of their age is is the teaching population in connecticut graying do you have a lot of people 55 plus yes yes we do and some of them i'm sure uh would would have taken advantage of that again please remember that when we were urging uh district-based school-based uh vaccinations we had no idea that that other plan was in place or being contemplated uh so what we were trying to do again was make sure uh, we could continue our school day and our school systems in the best that we could without interruptions we heard from a group called the rise network this past week they had a study showing that high schoolers going fully remote in particular were more likely to be left behind not allowed to advance to the next grade. So what sort of work has to happen to get those students back up to speed once things start to return to normal? We believe this is going to be a multi-year process. We, we are not going to, quote unquote, fix what has taken place during the pandemic in, in the next school year all by ourselves uh, without the help of others. Uh, And it's probably going to take multiple years to do that. Again, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, 
We know the social emotional needs of uh, students are, uh, need to be met in different ways. We know that we have to reconnect with some of our students who have not been connecting with us as we've been offering education uh, through uh, technology. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we hope to take a look, a close look at how uh, the technology that we have been using might enhance instruction that is going on, but, but knowing from the start that being in person, interacting with students in their classrooms, letting them be with their friends and, and, and colleagues and so forth, that's going to be an important part as well. And we need to kind of figure out how we're going to get through that uh, through the next couple of years. Now, with all of this going on with the pandemic, where does standardized testing stand in Connecticut? Has that been paused or is that ongoing? Well, we were very thankful last year when uh, the U.S. Department of Education uh, pretty much said, don't, don't do standardized testing. It didn't make any sense then. It still doesn't make a lot of sense right now. And what I mean by that is, it has there, are, are students where they normally would be in, in the course of, of the year right now? No, we know that already. Uh, we know that. But we also know that teachers right now are using multiple uh, ways of assessment to determine where kids are and where they need to go next. So for teachers, they need to know that right now. They don't need to find out the results of a standardized test uh, you know, next year when the students that are in front of them right now aren't even going to be there most likely as, as we move forward. So for us right now, and I was just on a call yesterday with our state uh, affiliate presidents across our country, we know that this would be a rather large waste of resources, time, and money uh, to go forward. So we hope that we can persuade the U.S. Department of Education to say, take back the guidance you just put out a couple of days ago and, and, and allow us to continue our instruction to the best of our ability. We'll figure out where kids are and we'll let the public know and parents know where kids are as we move forward. But we don't need a standardized test to do that. In particular, what was that guidance and, and how do you recommend getting that baseline you need to move forward with instruction w w without the standardized testing? The, the, the guidance was pretty much, yeah, we, we want you to do standardized testing. Now, the, the options that they gave for that kind of make the idea of standardized testing uh, almost worthless, i.e., maybe you could consider a shorter version. Well, does that mean that all kids are going to take a shorter version? Some kids will take a shorter version. What are we going to do about those students who whose parents have said, you know, I don't want you back in a classroom right now? Are they going to be able to take the test at home? Uh, perhaps with some guidance or, 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 or not. And then what populations probably aren't going to take the test at all? I mean, some of the folks that we want to make sure we understand where they are will probably not, again, getting back to the whole disengagement uh, conversation from a few minutes ago, will not be taking this test. So we're not going to know where they are. We are going to have to do this on a classroom basis, on a teacher basis, and we are going to do that. But uh, again, from, from our point of view, the idea of a standardized test in the middle of a pandemic is just, is just a no-go. We talked about it a little earlier, but give us your, your best guess about what things are going to look like come late May and, and June in Connecticut schools and how that might compare to what we see next year. 
First of all, uh, we believe that once this uh, uh, vaccination phase has taken place and, and we're ready to uh, ensure that the school staff that we need to be there will be there, uh, we expect a sense of normalcy uh, for those students who are going into school right now and perhaps uh, an, an encouragement of those who are not in our classrooms right now. We know we need to connect. We know that some students have been disconnected. And for us, that means that's going to be an important part of our work towards the end of this year and certainly at the beginning of next year. Okay, so masks and social distancing, certainly for the balance of this academic year. Do you, do you see those items sticking around next year as well? Absolutely. And again, I, I'm, I'm listening to uh, Dr. Fauci and, and others who are pretty much saying, we can't, we can't let go. We can't let down on that one. We've got to keep going until we know for sure that uh, herd immunity is in place and uh, we, we have less to worry about. I wouldn't be surprised if almost all of next year, uh, school year, uh, we're still uh, wearing masks, uh, worrying about social distancing, uh, and and making sure that uh, everyone is still safe in our classrooms, in our schools across Connecticut and across our, our country. You said earlier that, you know, a significant portion of teachers, our 55 plus, have, have some simply said, you know, I'm, I'm calling it a career. I don't want to deal with the pandemic. I have my years in. I'm I'm going to retire. Unfortunately, some of those uh, teachers have done that already. Uh, and, and we know uh, the, the crisis that they have been dealing with in terms of their own personal career thoughts, but also their health. So we know that that has already happened. Fortunately, not on a large scale. Yes. Do, do I hear from folks now saying, you know, I'm, I'm considering retiring when I, I, I wasn't thinking about it uh, for at least a couple of years Yes, but we hope that, again, after we get the vaccine out and people are feeling a little bit more comfortable about their own health and safety, uh, that someone, some of them will continue on, uh, many of them will continue on, uh, because we need that experience in our classroom. We need the folks who have dealt with so many situations. They know how to deal with uh, different elements of kids that, uh, that need to uh, have different ways of dealing with them. We need that experienced teacher in the classroom, and we want to lose as, as few of them as possible. In our final couple minutes, does the CEA have any requests of the legislature this session, pandemic-related or otherwise? Do you have a wish list? <laughs> We certainly do. <laughs> uh, so one, one thing that we hope the legislature does is enhance the governor's budget regarding schools. For example, the ECS formula uh, needs to be adhered to uh, going forward. Most likely, given where we are right now with the pandemic, it probably needs to be enhanced and increased. So there are a couple of proposals out there that we think will do that. We know, again, uh, we are going to need additional resources, uh, counselors. Uh, in, in some school districts, uh, counselors uh, aren't, aren't available in, in the way that they should be. So we know additional resources are going to be necessary. And finally, in, on top of everything else, uh, we need to make sure that we are hiring uh, the folks uh, coming out of our colleges that can help us reconnect with our students reconnect, uh, and, and, and help those students move forward. 
What is the best way to recruit new teachers? Well, this year probably hasn't been the best way to have them think about it. But but in, in reality, um, we have a program uh, in CEA. We are reaching out to our locals to say, you know, think about having a future educators club in your school, especially, especially dealing with your students of color who who live in Connecticut, we aren't recruiting them from other states, who might consider uh, going into college and then becoming an educator. We're trying to do our best to encourage young people who you, you kind of get a sense that they might have a knack for that and say to them, we're gonna help you. We're gonna help prepare you. We're gonna, have, uh, we're gonna take a look at your course selection uh, as you're moving through high school. And then we're gonna help you uh, move forward as an educator uh, once you get out of college. We are doing everything we can along with others. State Department of Education has an effort going on as well, uh, but we are especially concerned about making uh, our teaching force look a lot like our, our student uh, population. He is Jeff Leake, president of the Connecticut Education Association, state's largest teachers union. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And thank you, Aaron, for having me. Uh, Hope you have a, a wonderful rest of the day. Same to you, sir. And thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.